This is Thursday, February 10th, and we're looking, working through our last week of our study called The Question. In February of 1887, a parcel of papers arrived at the office of a literary magazine in England. The papers were smudged and dirty. Enclosed was this note. I must ask your pardon for the soiled manuscript. It is due to the strange places and circumstances under which it was written. Now the work that was there of poetry was a masterpiece, and the story behind it quite amazing. The young man who wrote it grew up hearing about the love of God. He went to college and even medical school, but he never seemed happy. Soon enough, he was living in the streets of London destitute. Actually, the return address for the parcel of papers was a local chemist shop, a pharmacy where this young man would get his opium. You see, when he was 18 years old, his mother gave him for his birthday a copy of the book with the title Confessions of an English Opium Eater. Of course, this turned out to be an immense mistake. The author told the author of the poem told of the dreamlike state induced by opium that stoked the fires of his creativity. The 18-year-old boy took the idea to heart and soon he was hopelessly addicted. His addiction led to a failed suicide attempt and years of life lost. And even then, he was when he was at his worst, God was pursuing him. Here are some of the 182 lines of that poem submitted so many years ago. I fled him down the nights and down the days. I fled him down the arches of the years. I fled him down the labyrinthine ways. Of my own mind and in the midst of tears, I hid from him. That man's name was Francis Thompson, and the name of his poem is The Hound of Heaven. God loved him so much that when he was dying, he was taken in by a street prostitute, nurtured back to health. Brought out of his addiction in a monastery, God was pursuing him. This is the way God's grace works in our lives. We think God is interested in us when we're thriving, when we have something to offer him, when we're being good people. But God's love is nothing like that. What about when I'm hurting, suffering in pain? Here's Thompson again. All that I took from thee I did but take, not for thy harms, but just that thou mightst seek it in my arms. You see, even then God is pursuing you. We learned yesterday that the book we've been studying is our shepherd's goad, pushing us to consider a life of faith, and that there's something that is not under the sun. Instead of leading us to a place where nothing matters, we come to see through God that everything matters. Our world has been designed like a giant maze leading us to God himself. Seekers find him because, like Francis Thompson discovered, God has been pursuing them all along. And that's what we find in this book. God was pursuing the teacher to take up the great questions of life because these questions will guide us to the one that alone is the answer. And that is part of our struggle today. Our world often doesn't even present God as a possibility. Yet God alone makes sense of the complexity and glory 
of the world we're living in. A few decades ago, when scientists were talking about the source of the universe, they were doing everything they could to prove its existence without a designer and without God. Cosmologists proposed the Big Bang that we have heard so much about. They kept returning to the problem of how our world came to be and why it's continuing to expand. The universe is expanding. One famous scientist, Robert Jastrow, found that it was impossible to go back to the beginning and not need one that would get it all started. One of his books, he begins as an agnostic, but as the truth begins to sink in, he says that as scientists examine the evidence, they're going to be traumatized. Quote, this is what he said, For the scientist that has lived by his faith and the power of reason, the story of the beginning of our world ends like a bad dream. He has scaled the mountains of ignorance. He's about to conquer the highest peak. And as he pulls himself over the final rock, he is greeted by a band of theologians who have been sitting there for centuries. You see, in all his study, he discovered the thing he hoped would not be true. You see, the, before the Big Bang, there was nothing, absolutely nothing. No, that nothing was not empty space. It was literally nothing. No matter, no natural laws, no laws of physics, no forces like gravity. Because there really is nothing at all. There had to be nothing before there was something. But the problem is that you just cannot get our world if you start with nothing. Now this is where our teacher in Ecclesiastes is leading us as we move toward the ending of our book. Here's Ecclesiastes 12 verse 13. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the duty of all mankind. Yes, our teacher leads us into the presence of God. It all begins and ends everything in our world with God. This is the hound of heaven that was stalking Francis Thompson. The truth that surprised and traumatized Robert Jastrow. Yes, God is in the picture. There is more than what is under the sun. Our study leads us to what we were told long ago. There's no other reasonable explanation. Rather than being traumatized, I think the opposite happens. There's wonder. There's worship. There is the fear of God. And that is a good place for us to be. Let's pray. Lord God, you fill the heavens. There's nothing that can exist apart from your creation and your care. We bow before you and worship you. You have been our dwelling place through all generations. Before you brought forth the mountains or the seas, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Amen.